five four three two one welcome everybody this is joseph brownlee of connecting the dust welcome to connecting the dust where you're going to get straight out bible study bible techniques on how to rightly divide god's word how to read the bible the correct way dispensationally rightly divided welcome to connecting the dots let's connect the word of god together where it's supposed to be and let's stop using our opinions and start reading into things and just really start connecting the dots rightly divided welcome to the short show good morning Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and, and my night listeners, hello, welcome to Connecting the Dots. Now, if you haven't been listening to my last podcast, this is for the listeners that's just been zooming through or just been tuning in. I have been doing, I had an audio guest on here from Truth to Time Radio. His name was Trey Searcy. His name is Trey Searcy, not was, but his name is Trey Searcy. He done a couple of teachings on three seconds of tithing <clears throat> and then done a seven segment show on tongues and that's the last thing that he has done on tongues later on down the line i'm going to be doing a teaching on the book of ephesians which is six chapters and then right after that we'll be doing a a teaching on the book of colossians i might do a a vice versa colossians and then ephesians because both of them kind of i believe was written about close to the same time the book of ephesians and the book of colossians now after this series uh, that that outstanding teaching on tongues. I advise, listen carefully, anyone that wants to know the meaning and the reason for speaking in tongues, you would not get a better teaching or layout than Trey Searcy from Truth Time Radio. I'm this is I'm not just trying to pump him up. This is for real. It's straighten your face, common sense, scriptural, verse by verse and a way of lining up to the right, correct uh, context when it comes to speaking in tongues. That's what I mean. Bible teaching on a topic. Trey Searcy is one of the best teachers. And I have many uh, mentors and teachers that I listen to, like Les Feldick and uh, Justin Johnson and a few other uh, people that's out there. But re- and, uh, uh, and also books that I have read and helped me to grow in the word of God, rightly divided. But Trey Searcy is one of the most scriptural based verses, common sense uh, teachers that I haven't known you know, that I know of that uh, teaches on rightly dividing God's word and his teaching as well on forgiveness, atonement, righteousness, and all that is outstanding. So I recommend truthtimeradio.com, truthtimeradio.com, Trey Searcy, truthtimeradio.com. He has a website as well as a podcast. You can get a lot of Bible topics and uh, he has a Q&A phone number. I don't have that right with me right now, but he does has a Q&A phone number. You can just go to the website, truthtimeradio.com, and you can get all the information that you probably will need as a young believer and an older believer that wants questions answered, that needs common sense, Bible answers, not opinions, not denominational, traditional uh, answers, but the Bible as best as he can. Trey Searcy is one of them. I learned a lot from Trey Searcy as well as others. Now, what I have been, what I've done the last time I've done the podcast on this station, as you know, he, uh, 
he finished off with the seven shows on speaking in tongues. So the ones that listen to that uh, or have not listened to it, I recommend that you go back to truthtimeradio.com. They might have some CDs or something like that they can give to you, even some DVDs. I don't know if they're still available on Truth Time Radio, but I'd like to send you to the source where this outstanding teaching came from. So go to truthtimeradio.com, you know, and just... uh. You know, check it out and see what else on there. They got a lot of outstanding topical uh, teachings on subjects and topics, very controversial uh, top, uh, and uh, subjects and topics that a lot of people really want to know about when it comes to the Word of God. Okay. Speaking in tongues, <clears throat> and I was putting a lot of emphasis on when you study on speaking in tongues you read Acts and you read First and Second Corinthians or you know and you tr- you, you basing your belief on tongues from your <clears throat> traditional teaching or your denominational teaching about being baptized in the Holy Ghost or being filled with the uh, with, uh, uh, filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues I put an emphasis on the, the one way this is just one way to get that miraculous happening out of your mind Tongues has been abused. The word tongues in the Bible has been abused. And anytime the Bible talks about tongues, the majority of the time it's talking about languages. Remember, I said that. Remember, and Trace in his teachings too. Languages, tongues, most of the time means languages, unless otherwise noted. And the word of God, it means languages. So when you just say speaking in tongues, you just read the books of Acts, just flip that tongues to languages, and that'll help you get a broader understanding of what was going on. You will not be confused with the unknown or anything like that, you know, unless you just have that preconceived mind that you're not going to believe the Bible, what the Bible says. I didn't say what Trey Cersei said, and I didn't say what I said. I said, you just have a, you just disagree with what the Bible saying, and you, and you put more emphasis on what your traditional teaching or your pastor is saying. That's all I got to say. You have to make that choice. That's between you and God. But when the word of God is right there in your eyes, in your face, and it's just breaking it down like Trey Cersei done on that series, and I try to do, it's on you after that. That's nothing else I can do. So I'm not going to spend a lot of times on tongues anymore. It was That was good enough. If you have questions about tongues, you know, just go to say Trey Cersei Q and listen to me throwing Trey Cersei the bugger Trey Cersei and go to him and he has a Q&A. Anything else you need to understand about tongues, I don't see why you should because if you went through that series and if you haven't went through that series, go through that series, there's no better explanation of speaking and languages than that by Trey Cersei, that teacher by Trey Cersei for Truth Time Radio. Okay. Now, I wanted to talk about, and I started off the last time I done it on Connected the Dots, what should we replace, if I could put it that way? What should we be seeking? Okay, since we don't, we can't seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we already sealed with the Holy Spirit. What type of experience should I be seeking? What type of experience should I be seeking? Mm, Good question. The only answer I have for that, if you're seeking an experience, experience as a feeling or miraculous touching or miraculous thing in your life to happen to you, nine times out of ten, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen because you're seeking the wrong thing. You're seeking something that happened in time past 
not only that, but it was only for the Jews. It was only for the Israel anyway. And the majority of the times, <clears throat> when it comes to signs and wonders and speaking in languages, the majority of times is mainly the apostles, the 12 that was really based in those gifts. So if you're looking for experience or a feeling uh, to edify you, you're not going to get it at all unless you just pump it up in your flesh. You can get a lot of things in your flesh, and then you wind up running into some other spirit realm. But if you're looking for an experience for growth, you're not going to get it if you're basing it on your feelings or speaking in languages or something like that. But if you're looking to grow, what is, what's replaced today? If you're looking for something, what should you be seeking for your growth? Let me put it first. Let me say this first. Speaking in languages was not a gift to help them grow in the knowledge of God. Let me say this again. When they spoke in those languages, it was never a gift to help them grow in the knowledge of God. First of all, what helped them grow in the knowledge of God was what? The limited knowledge of the word, what they had. Okay? Word of knowledge different things. The signs and gifts did not help them grow in the word of God. The signs and wonders, which speaking a language is healing, did not help them grow in the word of God. It was the word of God itself until the Bible was completed. And then they had the full knowledge of the word of God. It, it, it has always been the word of God that helped a person grow. Even in the four gospels, time passed. What helped their men and women to grow in the word of God? And just let's, let's just talk about the 12 disciples before they was, uh, became apostles. It was the word of God. They followed Jesus. They listened to the teachings of Jesus. They had the old scriptures. They had the laws. They had those things written down. But when the it was Paul, them, they had to have these certain gifts. They had to have the word of knowledge. So they had to uh, have prophesying and stuff like that. They got stronger in their way by learning what God had them to do, what God wanted them to do, how God wanted them to grow. So later on down to the dispensation of grace, I'm talking to the body of Christ now, they did not need to seek speaking in tongues. First of all, speaking in languages was never an antidote or some type of serum to help them to get closer to God or stronger in knowledge. It never was. It was basically for the unbeliever, for their language, basically. It wasn't never for the believer for himself to grow stronger and make himself feel more spiritual. Okay, so that's a myth in himself, in itself, excuse me. I'm going to say this again. If you're seeking an experience over the knowledge of the word of God, you're going to fail. You're not going to grow stronger. You're going to stay very unlearned and ignorant in the word of God if you're seeking for a feeling and experience. You don't need to pray 30, 40, 50 days or even go on fasting to get closer to God. That's the, the closer you go get to God is through his word. That's what you have. You have the word of God. Now, I'm not excluding feeling nothing. But if you do feel something, it's because of your love and your growth and your closeness to God. Okay? So I want to get that out there. So when I made my last podcast, I... I quoted a few scriptures from the book of Colossians 
what and I want to get more into that. I'm going to, I'm going to read a few scriptures out of the book of Ephesians. I'm not I'm going to try not to keep this any longer than I have to because it's very basic. If you're looking for to grow in the things of God, to get closer far as knowledge wise and from the word of God, you get it from the word of God. You said, Joe, how do I get that? Do I pray? Do I see? Yeah, you pray, but you have to pray with the word of God. You have to know what you must do. And how do you get that? You get it through the teachings of Paul. Under this dispensation of grace, that's for the body of Christ today. The word of God through Paul, Romans through Philemon, his 13 letters. That's how you grow in the things of God. That's how you get closer to God, getting closer to God with his word and growing so you can be a beacon light for someone else, especially the, your, your whole your whole body of Christ around us and then going out to the world is more important than, important than any experience or feeling or speaking in languages. Okay? First, you have to, you have to pinpoint, you have to really get that in your head. See, you have to get that traditional way. You have to take it out. You have to take it off. The Bible talks about take off, putting on, putting off. Let me read some scriptures here. What you must replace. If you're looking for your somewhat experience when it comes to growth, it's here in the word of God. And God tells you what you must do. But are you willing to do this to grow stronger? The most important thing to seek today is the word of God getting stronger in the word of God. Okay, that's the most important experience you should be seeking today. Let me go to the Bible. And I'm just going to read randomly. Okay, hold on one second. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. I'm going to go, I mean, let's get, I'm in Colossians now. Now, and I'll go to Ephesians a little later. Let me read the Colossians, Colossians, book of Colossians 2 and 20. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world, rudiments means the, the, the things that's going on in the world, surrounded by the worldly realms, surrounded by how the world lives, traditional things in the world, you know, fleshly things, carnal things rudiments of the world, the worldly ways. That's what rudiments kind of mean. Let me read out the living Bible. You have died with Christ <clears throat> and he has set you free from spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of this world? Okay. Now, 21, touch not, taste not, handle not, whom all are the perish are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Still get kind of tripped up on my King James reading. Okay, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are which are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Now, this is one of the things we need to take off. Now, what was happening then? Uh, the the believers; these are mature believers. They was wavering somewhat. If they wasn't so much wavering, Paul would not have to address them. Wavering, they was kind of getting caught up with, with and listening to too many other religious traditional teachings, in, including Judaism, you know, the law. 
but they was getting caught up in orient, uh, oriental teachings and they was getting caught up in this type of teaching called asceticism where you have to deny things in your body you have to do this they probably done a lot of fasting and they was into worshiping angels and angels was this angels was that and everything paul had to somewhat correct them or rebuke them to stay away from that do not get caught up in that type of mess Okay, verse 23 says, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. In other words, let me say it plainly. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial and severe bodily discipline, severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. You could put on a lot of traditional things. That's why I'm being under the law, never conquered your evil desires and never conquered the inner man, the sin man, the flesh. It only made you religious. So putting on things, looking for an experience, for instance, looking to speak in tongues, baptism in the Holy Spirit, looking for signs and wonders, never made a person less sinful, never made them stop their evil lust or their evil desires. You and I ought to know that by experience. So looking for an experience like speaking in tongues or signs and wonders and word of knowledge should never help a person conquer their battle with their sinful nature okay let's go to ephesians now Alrighty. Now, let's read Ephesians. I, I got a tab. I got two phones in my hand, and <laughs> I'm trying to get all this in here. <laughs> all right. Now, first of all, let's read something from Ephesians, how the Gentiles used to walk. And you can relate that to ourselves of today. Ephesians 2 and 2 says, Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. First of all, who's the prince of the power of the air? That's Satan. Remember I said in other scriptures also, Satan is the god of this world. Whether you accept it or believe it or not, when we was in the world, we, as they were back then, thousands of years ago, was under the influence of Satan because Satan, by stealing the keys from Adam, when Adam disobeyed, you know, him and Eve, took the keys and he stole. He became the little G God of this world. So that's what it means right here, the prince of the power of the air. Satan is the God of the second heavens and the little G God over the earthly heavens for now. It's like it's borrowed time. Let me read out of the Living Bible. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. See, either way it go, whether you accept it or not, that don't mean you're a devil worship or anything like that. That just means you are influenced by the wicked one who's the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world. All right? 
we had our conversation. Conversation, these are the ways and the desires we used to have when we was in the world. Let me continue reading. King James, among whom also we had our conversation, our ways in time past and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Before you got saved, now these for the saved people, we was under the wrath of God. Before you got saved, you was under the wrath of God, okay? All right, let me read some more scriptures. I want to get into more what should we take off and what should we put on. All right. Now, what else happened when you, we got saved? It's so, much, it's so many better promises than seeking, out of, than seeking out after experiences and speaking in tongues and miracles and stuff like that. We have a better promise, not a covenant. Israel had a covenant. We have a better promise, okay? Let me read verse 5, Ephesians 2 and 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. Quickened us means made alive. He made our spirits made alive when you became saved, when you got saved. Quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2 and 6 says, God has raised us up together in Christ and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All right, let me read out the Living Bible. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. I like heavenly places because we are united with Christ. When we got saved, when we believed in the death, burial, resurrection with God, first of all, our dead spirit was made alive. Our spirit, man, was resurrected in Christ. Because before that, it died when Adam sinned. So everybody born after Adam's spirit was dead. And the only way your spirit, man, which is your mind and stuff like that, to get raised back up was believing what Jesus done on the cross in this dispensation. So what are the other benefits that we get when we get saved under this administration? We are in the heavenly places spiritually. I know you're not there now. You know you're here on this suffering earth. But we are with Christ spiritually in the heavenly places. So we are destined for heaven when we get saved. All right, let me read some more. Eight says, two and eight says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Many already believe that. You are not saved of works, lest any man should boast. So you got nothing to brag about, okay? There's another uh, benefit for us, for we are his work workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, we are God's workmanship. In other words, we are God's masterpiece. He has created, created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. One of the goals, and there's many goals and uh, things that we should be seeking, is become a better steward a better workmanship. You don't have to try to be a workmanship. You became a workmanship. You became a masterpiece that needs to be sharpened and buffed up, buffed up a little bit when we got saved, okay? That's a beautiful thing. What, we, what were we created for? We are new creatures. We were created for what? The Bible says, unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk of them. So the first thing we should be seeking is to work out 
to buff up our workmanship, grow stronger the things of God. We were created for good works, not to seek any type of experience, anything like that. Okay, so that's something that's on our manual. That's also. Verse 11, 2 and 11. Wherefore, you remember that ye been in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are circumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. Now, this is just talking about the past Gentiles, where they used to be. All right. Let me go a little further here. And I'm trying to get to these scriptures. All right. I want us to understand about putting on and putting off. Putting on and putting off is very important for us in the body of Christ to understand what we must do. Okay, let's go to uh, chapter three. Go to chapter three. All right. I'd like to find the right, correct scriptures so I won't mislead anyone. All right. for this cause it's, I, I would have found it fast if I just had my paper bible but I'm looking through a, a phone now you got to really just kind of stroll things up alright 3 and 19 I'm just going to read on down also later I'm going to do a teaching on the whole book of Ephesians so I won't have to slide through verses I'm going to do a verse by verse teaching on the book of Ephesians. But right now, I'm just picking certain verses so we can understand for the believers that want to, is wondering, okay, what should I be seeking? What should I be doing in this dispensation? What should I be doing now? If I'm not going to be speaking in tongues and I don't have signs and wonders, what what's in it for me? And what should I be doing? Okay. Verse 19, 3 and 19 of Ephesians reads, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, passes knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him, glory in the church by Jesus Christ through all ages, world without end. Amen. Verse chapter 4. Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With the loneliness and meekness with long suffering, forbearing one another and love. These are things and duties that the church needs to be doing today. A lot of believers in traditional churches, they spend a lot of time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for their doctrine for today. So they what they do, they do a lot of things that's uh that's mentioned in the doctrines of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Therefore, they don't grow as much because they're they're getting their growing from the kingdom program. What we're supposed to be doing, these are the things we're supposed to learn to grow in are the letters of Paul, okay? So we must be learned to walk in lowliness and meekness with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Therefore, verse four, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, listen closely to this, one faith, one baptism. Now, this baptism is not water baptism. This is baptism in Christ. It's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit, remember? Because you already have been filled and sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So this is not another baptism. 
people get confused. This is a baptism in Christ. This happens when you get saved. This happened at conversion when you first get saved, okay? So it's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's baptism in Christ, okay? One God and Father of all who above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I'm going to teach on that when I do the whole teaching on the book of Ephesians. I'm not going to teach on that now. Now that he ascended, what is it that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the one same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things in all. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some then. I want you to listen to this closely. Verse 11 and 4, 4 and 11, because this is very important to understand. Now, when Jesus went above the heavens, he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, and he gave some pastors and teachers. Those are certain gifts and abilities he gave to certain people, not every believer. Not every, not every believer. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers. Some people might say it's a call. They call to be a pastor. They call to be a teacher. They call to be evangelists by God. But today, under the dispensation of grace, we don't, we don't get called to do those duties. We can desire them, but we don't get called to do them. You have so many people that feel that they was called and have no business doing these, especially apostles, because apostles and prophets are not used for today. That's another teaching in itself. But these are gifts that you can desire, the evangelists and pastors and teachers. Apostles and prophets are not in play today under the dispensation of grace, okay? But when he says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, then read this, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of of the ministry, for the edifying, for the uplifting, for the building up of the body of Christ. Remember what they was for. It was for what? Perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me read out of the Living Bible. For their responsibilities, those titles that was named is to equip God's people, another good word to use, to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's all they was used for. You saying for now, till. King James says till, which means until. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. This is 4 and 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, remember that till means until. What does that mean? They're, they're not going to be over us all of our lives. They're not going to be teaching us all of our lives. We're supposed to grow and mature. Till means, let's go to the Living Bible, okay? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. 13, this will continue until, okay? Remember till, King James says till, and until means the same thing. Until, 
That means it's going to be a stop. It's supposed to be a stop. We all come to search unity of our faith and knowledge of the Son of God that we may be mature and the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standing of Christ. Now, what is the meaning? What was the purpose of the evangelists, the prophets, the teachers and all of them then? Okay. For the perfecting of the church, for the building up of the church. Okay, for the maturity of the church until we become mature and we become strong with the word of God, which that that's one of the main things we're supposed to be seeking. It's coming. It will come to a point that we will be left by ourselves. Now, that might sound, okay, Joe, you mean that? No, that does not mean we don't fellowship and we don't have pastors or anything like that. That's just mean it comes to a point that we be mature. We be able to go out there and lead others and teach others because what we have learned now is not basically all about you and I. We need, we get taught from these teachers, from these pastors, from these prophets and evangelists back then. But today you only will have the evangelists and pastors and teachers because there's no need for apostles and prophets today because we have the full word of God. I hope you got that straight. So just let's put it in a sense with evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They're there to perfect us until we mature. That's all to it. And then we, we teach others the same thing. Whatever desire that we go out to do, whether it's a pastor, evangelist, or teacher, we go out and do the same thing. We don't stay the same. We're not supposed to stay the same. We're supposed to grow in the things of Christ. Okay? We're supposed to build ourselves up in the things of Christ. That's what we need to be putting on. Okay? Going forward under this dispensation. Okay? That's why it says, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son. First, unity of the faith means what? It got to be agreement. We, uh, agreement. The body of Christ ain't got no business being spread out of different denominations. That was never God's plan. We supposed to be run church unity, believing on the same thing, not different nitpicking and cherry picking verses out of the Bible and becoming denominations. That was never God's plan. But unfortunately, Satan is a master at it. He succeeded in that. Okay, 14. That we henceforth be no more children, you know, that's very un, very explanatory. They teach us and help us grow so we don't be children. Children are what? Children and the faith. Children and the word of God, okay? Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind, listen to this closely, of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. If we grow, and we should, supposed to anyway, in the things of God, we get taught and then we become mature and we strong enough now to stand on our own to go teach others. What's the other benefit? What, 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 else, happen, what else can happen and what else does this help us to be like or to do? We're not, we won't be fooled and tricked by a lot of traditional doctrines and all kind of stories and stuff like that, and we won't be easily conned or manipulated. Let me read out the Living Bible. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away by every wind of teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. There's a lot of that going on in denominational, denominational churches. Some do it purposely and some don't. They do it out of ignorance. They don't know no better. But let's talk about the one that does it purpose, purposely for their own gain. I don't, I don't only mean financial gain, 
but they own fleshly game. You need to be careful. Okay, you think about the speaking in tongues, speaking in language. This is a lot of teachings on that. Be careful. And the only way you won't get tricked and fooled, you have to read Paul's letters. You got to understand where you belong in the body of Christ. Okay, you are the new creature. You're not born again, Israel. Let me say this again. You are the new creature, not born again, Israel. So your doctrines for today is the letters of Paul. Now, that's not saying you don't read the other Bible. No, you ought to know that by now if you listen to my teaching. I'm just saying the doctrines for the body of Christ today by Jesus Christ heavily ministered through the Apostle Paul is his 13 letters, Romans through Philemon, okay? We grow through reading the letters of Paul, not the four Gospels today, okay? Verse 15, but speaking the truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly together, joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the official working of the measure of the every part, maketh increase of the body, edifies itself, okay? This I say, therefore, and testify the Lord that ye henceforth, in other words, henceforth, or you should no longer, or going forward, walk not as either other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Okay, having the under, having their understanding. The King James says the, but I like putting their having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling having given themselves over to lasciviousness, lasciviousness, lascivious means lustful ways, lustful pleasure, evil practices, and stuff like that, with all uncleanness, with greediness. But ye have not learned so, you have, but ye have not so learned Christ. If, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now, this is what I'm talking about. What must you do to grow strong in Christ? You have to put off something. And this is it. Ephesians 4. This will help you. You have to take off. Put off. Before you can put on. You have to put off. Take off. Before we can put on. Let's read Ephesians 4 and 22. You must put off concerning the former conversation. The old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. In other words, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Now, what you don't see here is the Holy Spirit going to take it off, or Jesus is going to take it off, or God is going to take it off. These are things where we're required to take off ourselves. See, that ye put off, and then say God will put it off, or the Holy Spirit will put it off, or praying and fasting will put it off. That it can help, you know, some for some people, but we still must put it off ourselves. And then 23 says it be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And here's another put off, verse 24 in Ephesians. And that ye put off the that ye put on, and this is put on, I'm sorry, the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, these are some of the things that's even important for today that we must put off before we can put on and get stronger than the Lord. 25, Ephesians 4, 25, 25, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. 
Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that steal, stop stealing, steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Here's another thing we need to stop doing and we need to put off. Let no corrupt communication. Oh, boy. I mean, some Christians have some corrupt conversations. Some cussing Christians, I call them. I ain't say they weren't saved, but they call it cussing like I don't know what. Now, it's a lot of things. Now, not only thing putting off. Now, I'm not, I don't want to uh, put emphasis like this is one of the main things we need to put off. If we are struggling with a lot of other things, I remember I said struggle. We need to work on that baby, make sure we putting it off because it becomes a sin or it just might be a weight that could slow you down from growing in the things of God. So let me continue. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupt communi- communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of the edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Here's another put off we must do. 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor or clamor or slander or anything like that and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. You see all that stuff? Bitterness, wrath. Anger, filthy communication. I'm going to put lust in there. All that stuff we must put off. I'm not saying it's easy, but we are. We are capable of doing it. If we wasn't able to put these things off, the word of God will say, no way you can do it. But we are capable, able to put these things off because we have the Holy Spirit to help us within us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay. All right. Now, this is what we need to be putting on what we take off. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, you can talk. we can talk about the fruits of the Spirit, too, which the Apostle Paul teaches on the fruits of the Spirit. So we have to take off, and then we put on the things we need to put on. The ways to put on certain things, if you don't know, you have to read Romans through Philemon, the books and the letters of Paul. That's what we need to be seeking after of. Not an experience, but a growth of maturity and the things of God. I'm going to do a full teaching on the book of Ephesians, first by first, Lord's willing, coming up, and also on the book of Colossians. Then we're going to have some more topical teaching from Trey Searcy, Justin Johnson, even less Feldick. You know, I'm going to really spread it out so you will not have no excuse. You will not, will not have any excuse of not learning the word of God when you come on Connecting the Dots or when you tune in to Connecting the Dots. You will have the word of God with verses and Bible verses that you can backtrack and check them out yourself. You, I will give you numbers, including a number I'm going to give you that you can call in, you can ask questions, anything. So you should not have any excuse of learning how to rightly, emphasis on rightly dividing God's word and the future. So that's what we need to be seeking, saints. If you have that question and you stuck on speaking in tongues, and the reason I'm saying speaking in tongues is because that's that's the context and that's a series you just got through hearing from Trey Searcy, you know, and what I was talking about in Body of Christ Real Talk about the dangers of seeking uh, experience. 
What we need to be seeking is a closer relationship with God. And how do we get that? Well, where do we start? The Word of God. See, they didn't have that back then. They didn't have the full word of God. When you read First and Second Corinthians, let alone Acts, the Bible was not even close to being complete. After the end of his epistles, the Bible was fully complete. That's the perfect that the Apostle Paul was talking about. When that which is perfect come, then we won't need those things that ceased when you talk about it in the Corinthians. You get that. You must get a handle on that. See, that's why they had those gifts, see, because they didn't have the word of God. So they had to have supernatural knowledge because the word wasn't done. That's what Paul said. He only knew in part. It's like a dark mirror. You're looking at a mirror. It's, remember those old mirrors that came out, what, years, years ago? They was kind of all fuzzy and scratched up, and you couldn't hardly see yourself. You had to go to the corner or look a certain way just to see your force face just to try to shave back in those days, what, what, 40s, 30s, whatever like that, you know, because the mirror wasn't real clear. They was just getting into making mirrors, mirrors, I guess. That's how the word of God was then. So Paul got revelations from Jesus through his close to 25 years of ministry or close to 30 years of ministry, something like that. You can look that up. And, uh, he was getting certain, certain revelations from Jesus through his ministry. That's why he started maturing more and more when he got through with his epistles. When he got to, about time he was teaching on Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, the first and second Timothy, which many people call those the pastoral teachings and uh, Titus and all that. He was older and he has, he has, he has got, he had the full revelation. The Bible was complete then. It was perfect. That was the perfect. It was complete. That's why those epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians are more mature because those are more mature believers. Those are more stronger ones in the faith that he can go deeper. They got Romans down. See, they know what happened with the Romans. They got the true Romans roll, like some people called it. They, they don't make those mistakes like they've done in the Corinthians because they're more mature. So Paul can talk deeper and more. These, these are the groups that were standing, the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, the book of Philippians. I'm not saying they're perfect, you know, but I'm just saying they was more mature in the things of God because they understood now. They didn't have to keep going back to their baby food. They didn't have to keep going back to uh, the warm milk like the, some of the Corinthians. They was more mature in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, etc. stuff like that. You understand that. So the Bible was fulfilled. It was perfect. It was complete. Okay, it was complete then. So that's why those gifts was not needed anymore. All what God had to say is in his word now. He don't have to give you supernatural knowledge now. He don't have to give you the gift of speaking in different languages. You have the word of God now. And you wouldn't need that today anyway because of technology. There's many ways to learn different languages now. You have different interpreters. You can go to missionaries and do all this stuff. It's more advanced now. You don't need the gift, supernatural gift of languages. They did then. They didn't have the technology what we got there. You know, God is smarter than you. You know that God is smarter than He already knew that. He knows the past from the future. 
all the technology and stuff we got now, we would not need those things they needed then. They didn't have no word. They didn't have that. They had to use word of knowledge. The, uh, the, the gift of healings and miraculous signs starting out from a kingdom program was always for the unbeliever to show them. Okay, when you go back to the kingdom program, then I'm going to hurry up. They used, they had the gifts of signs and wonders because that's how, that was a picture of how the kingdom was going to be. There would not be any sick. There would not be any blind. Everybody would be walking. It's not going to be something that, so Jesus was giving them a foretaste. Not only that, he was letting them know the, the prove to them that he's their Messiah because in the book of Isaiah, all of them prophesied that's what Jesus will be doing. That's going to be the proof of him being your Messiah and King. He had to get John together because John had a little unbelief. Well, when Jesus, I'm sure when Jesus told him the blind see the lame walk, John got it. Oh, yeah, that was one of the signs that was going to prove. And I'm sure John was satisfied with that. Sometimes we need to be reminded in the word of God, we need to be reminded, say, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, the word of God did say that. Sometimes even like John the Baptist and Peter and a lot of them had to be reminded, but also remember that all they had was the old law. They had the law. They had the old scrolls. They didn't have none of this stuff that we have now, the full word of God before it was put into a book, the full word of God. So therefore, and uh, when he was teaching the Corinthians and all of them, the Bible was not complete. Well, the word of God was not complete. It, it was put into a book later, but the word of God was not complete. So he just knew partially. His knowledge, he was older when it came when he went through the uh, uh, the epistles, you know, which is the letters in First and Second Timothy, the pastoral letters, what people call them, and stuff like that, in the book of Titus. Those are the books of the Apostle Paul. That's for the church today. Romans through Philemon is our sound doctrine. So whenever Paul talks about sound doctrine, he's talking about his letters, not time pass. We go through that through history. We go to time pass because it's inspiration. It helps us in history. They all go together. The whole 66 books of the Bible, remember this, go together. But every book in the Bible is not for the church, the body of Christ today is separated from the kingdom program, from the law and everything like that. I'm trying to get this in your head so you can get in your heart. I only got about six minutes left. Now I'm trying to get you to understand the things that you as a believer, young or oh, if you call into call up in a denominational church, I'm not going to tell you to leave your church. I'm going to leave it up to you. If you caught up in a, in a denominational church or even a non-denominational church for gospel, whatever you want to call it, and they're still pushing you that you need to speak in tongues and stuff like that. And after you have heard that teaching from Trey Searcy and what I'm trying to show you now and all the other stuff that's going to be on his his uh, podcast and also on Connecting the Dots, he has more than me, much more. I'm still growing. I've only been doing this over a year now, you know, uh, radio wise, podcast wise, you know. You, after all what you have learned, it's nothing else I can keep telling you. Now, repetitions is good if you're still not getting certain things, but if you've got a, a stuck, preconceived, subjective type of way of looking at any topic, you're not going to grow. You're not going to see the truth. 
It's almost like Satan got you in the palm of his hand. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven. But you are not going to help anyone else. Because of the error that you decide that you want to keep, you're going to teach that same error to someone else. And that's not fair. That's not fair to them. See? At least show them what somebody told you and let them make the decision on them for themselves. Don't make it for them. Just like I'm not making a decision for you. Let you make the decision for yourself. Don't put it on everybody else and say this is the truth for the day. That's your belief. Let them hear somebody else and make their own decision because you're going to be responsible for what you teach others at the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, which is only for believers saved only. And I said the great white throne judgment. I said the beamer seat, the judgment seat of Christ for the body of Christ only. Well, we're going to be judged for our works, what we have done here on the earth. Okay. All right. This is Joseph Brownlee connecting the dots. Let's learn how to connect the dots. Let's learn how to rightly divide God's word. Okay. Stop seeking out the experiences. Stop seeking after feelings. They never gonna make you grow. They don't they don't help you grow on your evil desires and your nature. They do not. Why are you seeking after learning how to speak in tongues and stuff like that? You get more ignorant in the word of God. Now I'm not saying everybody, but seek the letters of Paul. That's for you. You are part of the body of Christ, not the born again church Israel. You are part of the body of Christ. You are the new creature. We are the new creature. New cannot be born again. New cannot be again. New is new. Again is again. It's like being refurbished. When you refurbish computers and televisions and redo an engine in a car. It's redone. But when a new engine and a new computer has never been touched and never been used, that's new. That's you and I. Why would you want to be something again when you were new, brand new, in the heavenly places in Christ with new promises, better promises? Much better than speaking in different tongues and languages because it wasn't for you anyway. It was for the unbeliever that lost. So seek the word of God to grow, not tongues. You will never grow. You're looking for a feeling that's mainly today is going to be nothing but your flesh or some type of other spirit that you don't want, that you ain't looking for. God bless you. Peace out. Love you all. Salvation is believing. If you're not saved, you just happen to run into the station. It's his death, burial, and resurrection. According to 1 Corinthians 3 and 4, you will be saved by believing he died for your sins. Believing that. It's the way to be saved. Sincerely believing. Not just saying it, but believing it and receiving it. Not who he was or what he did. Learn about who he was later. But for now, you need to be saved by what he did. Or you're going to miss the boat. God bless you all. Stop. Don't never be afraid to be a boat rocker. Because when you teach the way I teach and others teach, we are called boat rockers. That means we added a the norm. We, we, we teach the Bible out of the traditional norm. It's called dispensational rightly dividing teaching the word of God, which is the right way to teach the word of God. God bless you all. Love you all. Peace out. Joseph Brown. Until next time, I will be doing a teaching on the book of Ephesians, verse by verse. Lord's willing. Love you all. God bless you. Peace out. Bye bye. Love you.